Humboldt Last Week is Humboldt County's news podcast, available anytime at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Made possible by these sponsors. Bell Star Women's Clothing Store on 2nd Street in Old Town Eureka invites you to give your wardrobe a boost in preparation for warmer weather and special events. Now open seven days a week for in-person shopping or browse their full inventory online. Search Bell Star Eureka. Bongo Boy Studio. These sound experts will take your music and audio projects to a state-of-the-art professional level. Check out the sounds on the socials and book a session after checking out bongoboystudio.com. North Coast Co-op, now offering online ordering for hot pizzas, sandwiches, salads, and the beverage bar at northcoast.coop slash orders. North Coast Co-op in Arcata and Eureka. Christiana Graham Massage Therapy in Arcata, practicing since 96. She offers Swedish deep tissue, hot stone, and more. You deserve a massage. Contact info for booking linked at humboldtlastweek.com. Photography by Shy, professional photo sessions at the right price, spelled S-H-I. Learn more at photographybyshy.com. North Coast Journal, award-winning reporting. Find the latest news at northcoastjournal.com. Talking about walking up high in the Redwoods at the zoo in Eureka, the new Redwood Skywalk is opening May 14th. And that means prices are going up for non-member locals. It's going to go up to 15 bucks for an adult and 11 bucks for kids. That's... um near a 50% increase. Membership prices may be worth looking at if you want to go often. The Redwood Skywalk at the zoo is opening May 14th. This beautiful old house on the coast in Trinidad went viral. It was built in 1912, 2,400 square feet. The price tag is $2 million. Thousands of people around the world marveling at this on the social media page for the love of old houses. And in the wake of this, I saw Loco pointing out how the Wall Street Journal noted the Humboldt Bay Area is the country's 13th hottest market on its Emerging Housing Markets Index. What does that mean? Uh, It means Humboldt's doing well in terms of expected growth for home prices and attractive lifestyle amenities in the area. So clearly for now, Humboldt's rising housing prices could mean good things for homeowners and a challenging thing for hopeful Humboldt homeowners that are not super wealthy. Bigfoot, Weed, and Hulu. This three-part documentary set here in the Emerald Triangle on a pot farm in the 90s is now streaming. Sasquatch is getting solid reviews from critics. The Boston Globe says, quote, underlying the thrilling true crime story is confrontation with a myth that reflects the monstrous potential within us all. The Duplass Brothers three-part production Sasquatch premiered on Hulu on April 20th. It's out now. A woman was charged with attempted murder after allegedly stabbing two children in King Salmon. These boys were 11 years old and 7 years old, her relatives. One of the kids had to be airlifted for treatment because it was so bad with face and neck cuts. That's covered at Redheaded Black Belt. Maybe you remember this gnarly hit and run in Eureka from back in March. It was caught on video on a city street at night. This poor pedestrian went flying and the driver just took off. Well, last week, Eureka cops arrested a 48-year-old Eurekan for that woman by the name of Demery Carr. The person hit is now out of the hospital and recovering. You can read more at kimkemp.com. This formerly massive marijuana grow planned in the Arcata Bottoms was approved by the Humboldt County Planning Commission. The local flower company Sun Valley Farms is associated with this, and the proposed marijuana project went from 23 acres to 8 acres. 
Now it's up to the Humboldt County Board of Supervisors. Isabella at the Times Standard has more on that story. The day is almost here for Grammy-winning Eureka export Sarah Bareilles to appear in the NBC Peacock series Girls 5 Eva streaming. As the Post-Dispatch put it, Tina Fey puts Sarah Bareilles in a girl group and stirs vigorously in this show. You can catch Humboldt celebrity export Sarah Bareilles in Girls 5 Eva May 5th. A post was going around about that old Victorian along the main road in Eureka with a sign advertising a palm reader. Fun little tidbits in the comments. That house was actually built in 1885, possibly moved from over near the Carson Mansion. The fortune teller, maybe Romanian, operated out of there from the 70s to about 10 years ago. Uh, Her daughter also told fortunes they used to operate booths at the Humboldt County Fair back in the day. One commenter even said the fortune teller correctly predicted she'd live a long time despite currently having a uh, potentially fatal diagnosis when she was told that. Um, She said that impacted her in a positive way. And all that was pulled together from the Facebook group Humboldt County, California in pictures old and new about that palm reader sign in Eureka. An NFL journalist is calling on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to give Humboldt State graduate Alex Kappa a solid contract to prevent him from signing with another team. Fans cited essentially said Alex Kappa was a cornerstone on the Buccaneers offensive line last season en route to a Super Bowl win. He's not a replaceable player and the Bucs can't afford to treat him as such, end quote. That Humboldt State export doing well in the NFL. Go Alex Kappa. I definitely remember watching this when it aired. I thought, wow, but the Facebook page only in Humboldt reminded us about the local reference in The Walking Dead on AMC. The actor who plays Aaron on the show, you remember Aaron? He's like got a beard sometimes, he's gay, uh, adopts a daughter in the show. Uh, He describes hiking deep in the forest near Eureka and coming across a Native American ruin. Again, The Walking Dead mentioning Humboldt. Cops say a Humboldt County man in his early 30s intentionally killed himself and two others up in Oregon while driving into oncoming traffic. He was running from police. This suicidal driver had also been recently involved in another police incident in Oric. Redheaded Black Belt reported that. And then Arcata cops said a knife fight left one person dead. person was in their late 20s. Two people are in the hospital as well after this knife fight. Not many more details on this are available, but you can read up on what's available at kimkemp.com. A guy from west of the Garberville area says he was handcuffed and pistol whipped during a home invasion. Then he made a risky escape. Three suspects were arrested. Kim Kemp has in-depth coverage. Humboldt County deputies now have beanbag-loaded guns. Sheriff Hansel told the paper, quote, doesn't cost the county a whole lot of money to repurpose old patrol shotguns. They fit in the same mounts in all the patrol vehicles. We've painted the buttstock and foregrip orange, and there will only be less lethal rounds carried with the shotgun in the patrol cars. So we're really doing this for next to nothing, end quote. The Time Standard has that story. Let's do a little COVID update here. A local super spreader event was linked to the Eureka Pentecostal Church. After we viewed videos showing church members packed indoors, singing and dancing close to one another, this got national news coverage. Just saw another article posted via LA Times. 
And then when it comes to COVID, looking at HSU, this fall, Humboldt State will begin requiring COVID vaccines for all faculty, staff, and students who access campus facilities. You can read more via humboldt.edu and then click on the Campus Ready link. Then the Trinidad Rancheria was saying, despite previous reports, their closure of Seascape Restaurant was actually related to one customer who attended a super spreader event elsewhere. That instead of the notion of Seascape being the site of the super spreader event. Clarity of the Rancheria's first press release led to that misunderstanding. Um, And then another big development in COVID, the J&J vaccine is back in action locally. Scientists have been working on the tech for these vaccines for years. So please talk to your doctors about them if you're on the fence. And I will remind you that the states that are vaccinating people the fastest are opening the fastest. Time right now for some local music love for the Bayside Music Collective. They're the local rotation of the week on Humboldt Last Week Radio. You can hear them in the 15th minute of every even hour. So 815, 10-15, 12-15. You get the gist on Humboldt Last Week Radio. The Bayside Music Collective features a ton of awesome locals. And during COVID, they've been dragging generators to outdoor spaces to safely play music together. Some of this stuff is recorded at beach parking lots, some of it on cell phones, all of it pieced together into something special. And by the way, Humboldt Last Week Radio is rotating an exclusive unreleased track of theirs, High School Drama. So tune in for them right now on Humboldt Last Week Radio. Find their socials. That's the Bayside Music Collective. Fentanyl is public enemy number one in Humboldt right now. Potent, deadly, way too plentiful. Music lovers know the drug has taken Paul from Slipknot, Mac Miller, Prince, Tom Petty. Just terrible. Read about local fentanyl dangers now, courtesy of the Humboldt County Sheriff's Office. Roller skates, a paved path, and the redwoods. No wonder the smiles are huge in this viral video. Right now, search Reddit skating amongst the giants in the Humboldt redwoods. Forbes has an article about a new cannabis spa and tasting room inside Eureka's old Kmart. Well, green light special. Just Google cannabis tasting room Eureka Forbes and you'll find this sneak peek. A brief thank you goes out to those in our community working and volunteering toward getting houseless folks under a roof, especially those houseless folks wanting to turn their lives around or capable of turning their lives around. Uh, Helping those people is amazing. It's a big job. It doesn't get enough thanks in our community. And I love these projects that are popping up, tiny houses, trailers, shelter expansions, et cetera. It's all helpful and lives are improving here because of this work in Humboldt. So thank you. And while we're thanking people, thank you to all the educators and school administrators out there, especially those with their hearts in the right place right now. Uh, That right place is, you know, a desire to keep kids learning through this heck of a pandemic with all of its social distancing challenges. Um, I know things are trickling toward normalcy, but we still have a long way to go. And many of these school workers are working twice as hard for what wasn't enough money in the first place. So thank you, teachers and school administrators. And finally, Humboldt Last Week would like to thank anyone and everyone that participates in community cleanups around the county. A cleanup in Old Town Eureka just got some attention, but it's nice seeing these things happening all over this beautiful place. And really cheers to anybody, you know, that does that little thing of just cleaning up trails and beaches when you go. You know, even slightly leaving a place in better shape than you found it goes such a long way in Humboldt. So thank you.
This was widely reported locally. Alleged hazing led to an investigation and the suspension of HSU women's softball. Hazing, as you probably know, involves humiliation, sometimes imposing dangerous rituals on people, especially on college campuses within teams and within groups. Some notable hazing incidents from the last decade elsewhere that hit national news include making someone eat a semen-soaked cookie, football tackling someone to death in a frozen yard while they were wearing a backpack full of sand, the loss of a testicle from being beaten, sexual abuse, sexual penetration, forcing the drinking of urine, lots of forced alcohol consumption, and in many cases, this stuff leads to death. Humboldt State did not release details about this incident with the softball team. They cited privacy laws, uh, but now here to expertly weigh in on hazing is renowned psychologist Dr. Susan Lipkins. Dr. Lipkins has weighed in on campus conflict via the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, ESPN, CNN, CBS, NBC, ABC, and now Humboldt last week. So let's talk about hazing. Um, You know, there are different definitions of hazing. And uh, in this situation, there'll probably be one that's given to all the team members that they probably have to sign something before they start, you know, uh, are a member of an athletic event. Then there's hazing for the university, there's hazing for the state, you know, and we do not have a federal definition. So they're all different kinds of uh, hazing definitions. Um, And my definition is that hazing is a process used by groups um, and based on a tradition typically used to um, maintain a hierarchy or to discipline. And what we see in, um, let's say, in the Greek organizations and especially in teams, that there is a hierarchy. You know, the seniors have status and the freshmen don't or the newcomers to the team don't. And in order to prove that you're good enough to be on the team, we are going to have you do some initiation rites. And those initiation rites, if they are not physically or psychologically harmful or potentially harmful, if they're not, then they're just initiation rites. But if they become physically or psychologically harmful, um, then they sort of cross over into the land of hazing. And there are three sort of uh, kinds of people in a hazing situation. There's the the target or the victims or the newbies, however you want to, you know, refer to them. They are the bystanders who are usually people who have already gone through the initiation are now watching as the perpetrators or typically the senior members who have power are uh, doing onto the new people or the others what has been done to them. So they're just repeating the, the initiation or the hazing um, and they feel like they have the right and the duty to do so. And um, what I have found is typically that the people who are doing it, the people who now have power, um, usually want to add their own mark. So that's how you get an increase in hazing. You know, they make you drink more or they paddle you more or they humiliate you more or whatever it is. Um, It becomes a little more intense. What nobody realizes is after 10 or 20 or 30 years, that's a lot of alcohol or a lot of paddling or a lot of intensity, you know. Um, But basically nobody's watching. So, yeah, I mean, there is this concept of earning your place on the team that you had mentioned. There's probably a healthy way to do that. You know, it's have the the rookies go and get the equipment ready. It's not, you know, delving into this violent area. And I'm wondering if you could comment on the difference between bullying and hazing. I can, but, but let me just give you, I just want to correct you. 
if they had, if a coach told the rookies to get it and not uh, to get the equipment, that would be hazing. Um, and because you're, you're signaling out a group to do something rather than the entire team has to get the, the equipment or the entire team has to carry the water. So the concept is not to differentiate between the, the newbies or the younger people or whoever it is and the older. It's not to maintain the hierarchy. It's to the way that you earn your stripes on the team is that you support the team, that you do what, what the team needs you know, that you play the best that you can play or whatever else, but not necessarily because you're new or young or, you know, whatever else. Okay. So say it's based on performance though. And, you know, obviously a lot of the older kids are typically, um, uh, better athletes, you know, is is there a time when creating a hierarchy like that is okay? Whenever you're saying, Hey, you know, uh, rookies go get the equipment. I feel like a lot of coaches out there maybe listening to this, they'd say, well, there's a certain um, performance motivation going on here. Is there a healthy way to do that? No, I don't think so. I think that the coaches would say that I'm going to like I, I've actually had patients as a psychologist who are who are coaches. So we've had discussions about this kind of stuff, you know, on a deeper psychological and, you know, individual kind of level. And they, you know, there may be freshmen on a team that are better than the seniors and they will play the freshmen on the team because they're better. They're better athletes. Just because you're older doesn't mean you're better. You know, the younger people could be thinner or faster or whatever else, you know, depending on the team. So it's not, you know, they, I assume that the senior will have more experience having played on the team, but that doesn't mean that they're a better player. Just like you'll see rookies coming into the NBA and they can be better than somebody who's been there, you know, for 10 years. So I, I don't think that the I think that the point of a team is to treat everybody equally, and I think that that's what you know. Um, I think that's what everything's going on in the country right now. Me too, and Black Lives Matter, and everything is like, hey, everybody has equal rights, and you shouldn't be differentiating on any reason. You shouldn't use color, you shouldn't use race, you shouldn't use religion, and you shouldn't use age or you know the fact that I'm new on the team or old on the team. That that should not be a differentiating factor. And if you're treating everybody equally, then that's different than hazing a certain subset for whatever reason you should stay. And it could just be that that's been the culture for so long and people just believe that that's just the way it is. Oh, it is. That is for sure. That the the country... Um, believes that this culture is okay. Um, parents will often say, well, it happened to me and it'll happen to you and that's okay. You know, you look through it and it makes you tougher. And when people who are victims of hazing come forward and report it, often they don't. Often it's somebody else who reports it. But if they do, they usually run off campus and they're isolated and they're, you know, not treated well because um, they're considered wimps or or snitches. And the truth is that what people like me are trying to do is trying to say, hey, you know, you do have to report it. You don't. You can report it anonymously if there is such a system, and there should be on on every everywhere that there's a team, or everywhere there's a potential haze, and there should be an anonymous way to report such such you know incidences, including hazing, bullying, and harassment. You know, it's not just one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think we've kind of lost track. Do you want me to go back to the difference between bullying and hazing? No, you know what? Um, Because I feel like what you're touching on is important. Um, And and really, you did touch on something that was on my mind. You know, the problem is, is these kids believe um, that thinking about these psychological impacts of hazing is uncool. You know, so how do we change that culture? How do we make it cool to to care about 
uh, people's psychological and mental and emotional health years down the line post a hazing incident? Well, okay. So let me first, let me answer part one, which you asked me earlier, but I didn't answer. So that is, what are the effects of hazing? So hazing, hazing in general goes from mild to severe. And in this severe range, I call it hazardous hazing. And that usually means that somebody could end up dead or they could end up in the hospital severely injured um, or they could end up traumatized, you know, severely traumatized. But I would say thousands of hazings go on every day in high school and college and the workplace and the military. And for the most part, most people will not report them. And a, a huge amount of people will think it's fun or funny or forget it or not be not be traumatized by it. But some portion, and we don't know what portion that is, um, will 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 have an after effect and they will develop either immediately or later anxiety, post traumatic stress, depression, sometimes suicidal feelings, isolation, drop on in their GPA if they're in school, you know, maybe lack of performance on the job, uh they, they will have a whole array of psychological disturbances, and the severity of that usually will correspond to the severity of the event and how long it was ongoing and how it was dealt with. And then the second thing may be who they are. Like, are they sensitive people or did they have a pre-morbid condition? Had something like this happened to them before? You know, had they been abused or, you know, sexually assaulted or something else like that? So, and we don't know what everybody's pre-morbid state is. Maybe somebody's anxious. Maybe somebody's depressed. You know, we, you don't know. And typically nobody cares. So you can't really, it's a funny thing with, um, this is called peer-on-peer aggression, basically. Bullying, hazing, and harassment, you you don't, you cannot predict how somebody's going to react to the event because you don't know what happened to them earlier. You, you understand? Mm-hmm. It's like a, yeah. It's like if you had a broken leg, you know, and then you broke it again, it might be different than somebody who never broke yeah, it. Yeah, it depends leg, on you your know? trauma history, uh-huh. for sure. Right, exactly. And so, you know, women's softball at Humboldt State University, you know, they're on hiatus as they investigate. And I'm sure that you've covered a lot of these stories um, and seen what the schools have done. Does that happen often? Do they, do they, do they every time? suspend the whole team as they investigate something like this? Or does, is that kind of indicative of this being a more severe incident? No, that's not. It's not indicative of anything. Um, over the years, they've become more and more into doing that um, because um, if they, when the teams would continue to play, then they have no control and they usually can't do a proper investigation. So I would say that, you know, stopping their play is kind of a, in a way, it's a punishment, and it is punishment for, hey, why did this happen on the team? And also, are you going to tell us the truth, or are you going to give us a cover story? And also, you know, um, we want this to be a meaningful investigation, not just, um, you know, like we're checking off the boxes. Now, that doesn't mean it will be meaningful, but at least they're trying, they're making an effort. Mm-hmm. Is what I would say. The university is making an effort. Um, but what I was going to answer this part two after I told you the last spiel is that um, I think that the way this culture is going to change, we're sort of on the edge of it. If you take the Me Too movement and you realize that women within the system are saying, we're not going to take this anymore. We're not going to allow ourselves to be harassed or abused or taken advantage of. And they stand up as a group and say no more. Then it stops. And I think that in terms of the hazing, um, they're basically two groups that have to stand up. One group are the 
people in the group. In other words, the victims and the bystanders have to stand up and say, hey, we're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to risk our lives. We're not going to risk our status in the university. We're not going to risk our status on the team. It's not worth it. This initiation you know, is too dangerous or too humiliating or too whatever, and we're not going to take it anymore. Now, if people said that individually, they would be hazed more deeply. But if they said it as a group, it would stop. And I think that that is the only way that the culture is really going to change. You're right. Because, yeah, I mean, in the past, I've noticed NFL players uh, involved in stuff like this where it was verified and everything. Uh, They get a two-game suspension. They're making millions of dollars a year the next season as if nothing happened. And, and I think maybe people see this kind of thing and they think, well, that maybe that'll happen to me. But yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe, maybe it's going to change at the highest level too. It has to change as a group though. It has to be like a, it's a funny thing because it's talking about a team, but you need a team effort. In other words, somebody has to have leadership ability. Somebody who is in the target group or the bystander group has to have the leadership ability. Could be in the perpetrators. Usually it's not. But could be, and they stand up and they say, hey, this is bullshit. We're not taking it anymore. No more. It puts us all in danger. This is violent or this is aggressive or this is stupid or whatever the hell they want to say it is. But they have to sort of have a leadership position and pull together the group. Mm-hmm. And then it will stop. Um, now, the, the other group, not for teams, but let's say for Greek life, the other group would be parents. And parents would have to get together and stop paying for the dues and stop paying for their children to behave and, and manipulate it and, you know, everything else. Um, but I don't think that that's relevant in terms of this story. Yeah. Just kidding. Well, I did look at some notable hazing cases from the last decade or so, you know, before we started chatting. And the main theme I'm seeing in a lot of these incidents was forcing a lot of alcohol down someone's throat, which often leads to death. Is that the most common theme that you've seen? No, actually, the alcohol stuff is usually more fraternities. Um, the team stuff that I've seen that's been really bad uh, on high school teams and boys' high school teams, it's been sodomy very much, like repeatedly, uh, like 10 years or 20 years of, of more and more violent sodomy. Um, for the female teams, it's been sexual stuff where they're made to, like, um, it, it, they're made to think that they're having all sex on a, but it's a banana, but boys are standing behind them or there's a, you know, they think boys are standing behind them. They don't know what it is or they have to dress nude or they have to do a lot of sexually explicit things that are humiliating basically. So for girls teams, it's usually been more humiliation, sexuality, um, and, uh, you know, demeaning. And and it's worse usually for girls because it sort of gets under their skin and really negatively affects their self-image. Whereas some of the other things, like if you get drunk or if you have to drink and just do that, it doesn't, it doesn't hold on to who you are as much as when somebody is humiliating you and, and you're engaging in some kind of sexual stuff. And the reason they do the sexual stuff, both male and female, is because it is the way to get instantly humiliated to the, to the top to the highest degree you could be. Do you think the pandemic has played a role in any of this? Um, You know, is there pent up hazing energy? Well, I would have hoped that hazing stopped during the pandemic, except that I hear about cases that have occurred during the pandemic. So um, I don't know that it really has stopped. Um, If anything, like um, people were telling me like, 
a lot of universities, the fraternities were the ones organizing the um, the parties, and no adult wanted to be near the kids carrying COVID. So there was less supervision rather than more supervision. So that means it could have been worse hazing, not, you know, not no hazing. So really, um, I don't think the pandemic stopped anything in terms of the teams. Obviously, when the teams weren't meeting, there was no, I guess there was no hazing because the teams weren't even together. But I don't think it would make it worse. I think that, you know, it may condense it. Like if the team is, like, let's say the season was shorter for some reason because of the pandemic, then maybe the hazing would be, you know, more intense because they had to do 14 weeks and 12, you know, something like that. But I don't think that the pandemic stopped it, unfortunately, and I don't think it necessarily increased it. Um, And I don't think that alcohol is the main um, method used by teens or women in general, you know, uh, both sororities or, um, or teens. I'm not saying they don't do alcohol. They do, and they involve alcohol, but that's not where the worst... Um, results of hazing. Interesting. Okay. So, um, you know, say you're in that locker room in Arcata right now, and I know that you don't have the full details of the event. Um, you know, you're talking to the women's softball team at Humboldt State. Um, what do you tell them in a general sense? Well, what I, what I would want to tell them as a hazing expert would be to tell the truth, to come forward, and that the truth is always better than anything else. Um, and that the ultimate desire is to pull the team together to be the best team that they can be. Um, but I don't think that they would buy that. So, um, you know, it's, it's like, um, I don't know what I would tell them. Yeah. Well, I do hope that they would come forward and I do hope that they would be transparent and I do hope that their number one goal would be, you know, to come together as a team, to be the best team that they can be, like you said, so. Again, that was renowned psychologist Dr. Susan Lipkins, who's weighed in on hazing via the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, ESPN, CNN, CBS, NBC, ABC, and now Humboldt last week, among other outlets. You can read more about Dr. Susan Lipkins at InsideHazing.com. Humboldt Last Week is Humboldt County's news podcast, available anytime at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Made possible by these sponsors. Bell Star Women's Clothing Store on 2nd Street in Old Town Eureka invites you to give your wardrobe a boost in preparation for warmer weather and special events. Now open seven days a week for in-person shopping or browse their full inventory online. Search Bell Star Eureka. Bongo Boy Studio. These sound experts will take your music and audio projects to a state-of-the-art professional level. Check out the sounds on the socials and book a session after checking out bongoboystudio.com. North Coast Co-op, now offering online ordering for hot pizzas, sandwiches, salads, and the beverage bar at northcoast.coop slash orders. North Coast Co-op in Arcata and Eureka. Christiana Graham Massage Therapy in Arcata, practicing since 96. She offers Swedish deep tissue, hot stone, and more. You deserve a massage. Contact info for booking linked at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Photography by Shy, professional photo sessions at the right price, spelled S-H-I. Learn more at photographybyshy.com. North Coast Journal, award-winning reporting. Find the latest news at northcoastjournal.com. Humboldt Last Week is this weekly news podcast and so much more. Have you checked out Humboldt Last Week Radio? 30-minute sets, no commercials, purely Humboldt. Check it out now at humboldtlastweek.com slash radio. 
I'd also like to thank Redheaded Black Belt, North Coast Journal, and 99.1 KISS FM for sharing Humboldt last week. My name is Miles Cochran. Thank you for listening.